you to the members uh, for all your prayers and, and calls and checking on me. And uh, Margaret has told me that I need to make a trip to the pawn shop and get rid of that chainsaw. So I don't know if I may, I may have to do that. I want to thank all our visitors. We have several visitors. We're thankful for you for coming out and helping to support us in our gospel meeting this week with Brother Todd Clippard. Brother Todd Clippard is from Burleson, Alabama, in Hamilton County. Uh, Marion County. Marion County, I'm sorry. Marion County. You're in Hamilton County now. That's right. We are in Hamilton County. And uh, he's married to Rhonda. Uh, She was not able to come. They have two children. They have a son, Jeffrey, a daughter, Shelby, both grown. Uh, Shelby is married. Uh, and Jeffrey is, he's, uh, thinking about getting married, so he's not too far from that. Uh, Todd is a 1988 graduate of Fried Hardman College. Upon graduation, he worked for, uh, Farmers Co-op for a good while. And, uh, then he became a gospel preacher. And he has been at Burleson. Uh, he's been other places, but he's been at Burleson now for over 20 years. And, uh, he's done a wonderful, work down there. Uh, Todd is an evangelist. He's a missionary. He's done short-term mission work in Africa. He's been uh, speaking on the radio, I guess, almost 10 years now. And he also has a a television program that he has in Alabama. Now, I first met Todd, it must have been 2008, I'm thinking. When I was at the Memphis School of Preaching, Todd came up and he spoke in chapel one morning before class, and immediately I said, this man is the preacher's preacher. And I saw something in Todd that, that the people in Burleson for certainly see and appreciate, and what I love so much about Todd is that he connects with anybody, wherever they are, he can connect with them, and and I've thought about that over the years, and Todd was a great inspiration for me to try to do that as well. I think that's what Paul talked about when he said he was all things to all men. He wasn't talking about doctrine. He didn't, he didn't deviate from the doctrine, but he connected with people where they were. And if we're going to evangelize the world and we're going to convert people, we better do that. And Todd is wonderful at doing that. So I met him back then, and, and I've loved him since. And, and while we were in Memphis, I always would call Todd up immediately and beg him to come speak on our summer series, and, and I would always try to get him to come first. And I think the last time he wasn't able to do that, but I would get him to come first, and everyone that followed him would be upset with me. I said, well, I, I'm try- I want you to up your game just a little bit. We have Todd coming first, so you're going to have to do a little better job. But Todd Clippard is my favorite preacher to listen to. I love him, and I appreciate him coming and being with us. Come speak to us, brother. Almost straight talk now. <laughs> it is a joy to be with you in this series of meetings. Appreciate the invitation. Appreciate your confidence in Rick and making this recommendation. I know that there's not one person here outside of Rick and his family that I know except for those that are visiting. I'm glad to have Eric and Sandy with us. Sandy is my first cousin. I didn't know exactly how I was going to get word to them that I was going to be in Chattanooga. They're one of the 17 people left on the planet that don't do Facebook. And so I, but, 
But word got around, and, and I was just so pleased to see them in Bible class and here in our assembly, and uh, love them, appreciate them uh, so much. And again, thank you uh, to all of you uh, for all your kind words and, and your encouragement, all the prayers that were offered up, all the work that's been done in preparation for this meeting. I want you to know how much I really appreciate it. And I appreciate that y'all still use the scriptural songbook. Because that's what all the country churches down in, in northwest Alabama, we use church gospel songs and hymns. And our books are falling apart because there's not another book out there that's as good as that one. And so hold on to those things. And uh, that's, it's far and away my all-time favorite songbook. And, uh, and uh, I, I was just thrilled when I sat down and saw that book in the pew. I said, man, these are my people. <laughs> these are my people. And so it's just a joy to, to be uh, with you and, and know just in a very specific way doctrinally and in a very general way uh, that, that I'm, among, I'm among folks that, 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 that are like me and that people that love what I love, love who I love, and just an honor, honor to be here uh, with you this week. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 22 we really find the introduction to what is called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 3 and verses 13 through 17, we find that Jesus is approaching John the Baptizer to submit Himself to the command of God given to John the Baptizer. John baptized for the remission of sins, Mark 1 and verse 4. Jesus didn't have any sins. We know that from numerous biblical texts. But nevertheless, because John's message was from God, Jesus was obligated to obey it. He said, when John said, I need to be baptized by you, and here you are coming to me, Jesus said, to suffer to be so for now, for thus it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness. And John baptized him. And immediately after that event, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we find the account of the temptation of Jesus. Where Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the next 11 verses out of chapter 4 detail the temptation of Christ. At least the first formal temptation. We might wouldn't be certainly the first time he was tempted. He was 30 years old and the devil gets started on us long before we turn 30. But we, the, the text records this as the temptation of Christ. Then in chapter 4 and verse 17 we have the first real spoken words of Christ in a a formal setting so far as his preaching is concerned where he says repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand which is exactly the same message that John had been preaching from beginning back in chapter 3 beginning verses 1 and 2. But it's not until chapter 5 that we have the first recorded sermon by our Lord. And chapter 4 introduces, beginning in verse 23, introduces that particular sermon by showing that Jesus was concerned about people. And that He loved people. And He wanted to help people. And that He knew that His teaching would not be of any real lasting effect unless people knew that He cared about them. You know, some people may say it's tried or it's old, it's whatever, but listen, it's true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And Jesus showed the people time and time again how much He cared for them, which enabled Him to be such an effective teacher of the Word of God. 
In Matthew chapter 4, in the latter part of that chapter, it says, Then Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those that were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee and Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and beyond the Jordan. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom heaven. And blessed are you when men shall revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! And be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is this for good for nothing? Thrown out, trampled underfoot by men. And you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it on under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand so it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before me. They may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to destroy the law and the prophets. For I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Therefore, whosoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoso does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it's been said to those of old, shall not murder. Whoever murders be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, empty head, 
shall be in danger. Counsel. Whoever says thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. And agree with your adversary quickly. While you are in the way with him. Lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. And the judge hand you over to the officer. And you be thrown into prison. For assuredly I say to you. You will by no means get out of there. Until you have paid the last penny. You've heard it's been said to those of old. Shall not commit adultery. And I say to you. Whosoever looks upon a woman to lust after her. Has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable to you that one of your members should perish than your whole body be cast into hell. Your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cast it from you. It's more profitable for you that one of your members should perish than your whole body be cast into hell. Moreover, it's been said, if a man divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except it be for fornication, causes her to commit adultery, whoever marries that woman who is divorced commits adultery. You've heard it's been said to those of you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all. Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And don't you swear by your own head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Whatever is more than this is from the evil one. You've heard it has been said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If a man smite you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If a man wants to sue you to take away your tunic, give him your coat as well. And whoever compels you to go with him one mile, go with him two. Give to him who asks of you. And to him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. 
And pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. That you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun to shine on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what is your reward? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Therefore, be perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed. You do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And when you do a charitable deed, don't be like the hypocrites who sound the trumpet before them in the synagogues, in the streets, that they may receive the glory of men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Your charitable deed may be done in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, you pray. Go into your room. When you have closed the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't be like the heathens with their vain repetitions. They think they'll be heard for their much speaking, their many words. Therefore, don't be like them. Because your father knows what you need before you ask. In this matter, therefore, y'all pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. And when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. And they disfigure their faces so that they may appear unto men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupts and where thieves do not break through and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And the light of the body is the eye. And if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. He either hate the one and love the other, he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, take no thought for your life. Say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or about your body, say, what shall we put on? It's not life more than food. And the body more than clothes. Behold the fowls here. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And which one of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And why do you worry about clothing? Behold the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, but tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he not clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought for your life, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? After these things the Gentiles seek. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek first. Seek first. Seek first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient unto every day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged. With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And the measure that you use will be measured back to you. And why do you behold the speck that is in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank that is in your own eye. And how is it that you say to your brother, let me remove that speck out of your eye? When behold, there's a plank in your own eye. Hypocrite! First, remove the plank out of your eye. Then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give that which is holy to the dog nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, 
be open to you. For him who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. What man among you is there if his son would ask him for bread would give him a stone? If he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you would that men do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter in at the straight gate. Wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Go straight is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And few there be who find it. Take heed and beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Every good tree bears good fruit. Every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit, you will know them. And not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name done many wonderful works, and I will say to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Whosoever hears these things of mine and does them, I'll liken him unto a wise man who built a house on a rock. Rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Whoever hears these things of mine and does not do them, I liken him unto a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it failed. And great was its fault. Now, enough of the introduction. <laughs> There's a parallel to this sermon in Luke chapter 6. This account is not the only time Jesus preached this sermon. Jesus didn't write a new sermon everywhere he went, like Rick and I have to do week after week. I want you to think just for a moment about the parallel to, to Matthew 7, 21 to 23. 
which is that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In Luke 6 and verse 46, the parallel is there. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Now, just by way to prove it's parallel, you look at Luke 6, 20, and you find the Beatitudes. You look at Luke 6, verse 27, and you find love your enemy. Then you look at Luke 6, 46, and there's the parallel in chapter 7, verses 21, 23. And follow. 99 times out of 4, if you hear a gospel preacher or some Christian use Luke 6 and verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I promise you, I promise you, it's going to be used in reference to some religious person who has not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ. We take that singular text right there and apply it to the religious world, for example, that refuses to accept Jesus' teaching on the plan of salvation, particularly on baptism. Or that refuse to accept Jesus' teaching on the nature of the church as being the singular body of Christ. And we take that verse, Luke 6, 46, and we apply it all across the board to those that are outside the body of Christ. But in Matthew 7, in verse 24, Jesus said, Whoever therefore hears these sayings of mine, which ones, are he, which ones is he talking about? The ones he just finished preaching. These sayings of mine. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. If Jesus were standing here today, to every one of us, he'd say the exact same thing. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? So how do you know that, Todd? Let me ask you a question. Do you love your enemies? Do you return blessing to those who curse you? Do you do good to those who hate you? Do you pray for those that abuse you, who spitefully use and persecute you? Are you a fault finder? Matthew 7, 1 to 5. Look, we can, do you worry? <laughs> we, look, we can take that text and we can run right down the list and I'll promise you, I can promise you, Every person in this audience, including the one talking, is guilty of violating one of those, one of those texts in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now the question is, what am I going to do about it? Do we think Jesus is really going to let us bow with not obeying the very first sermon that he ever preached? But he's going to drop the hammer on everybody else in the religious world? Is that really what we think? Because sometimes I think we live like that. Let's get back to living the kind of lives that Jesus called his children to live. Those are poor in spirit. In other words, we've, we've, we've divested ourselves of all self-worth and pride. Oh, I 
of self-sufficiency. We mourn for our sins. We're meek. That is, we allow God to direct us and channel us in the direction that He wants us to go. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. We're merciful. We're pure in heart. We're peacemakers. And we're willing to suffer for the name of Christ. That's what Jesus has called all of us to. And we can't call Him Lord if we're not willing to do what He says. Now all those other things still apply. We still have to obey the gospel. We still have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. John 8 verse 24. We still have to repent of our sins like He said we must in Luke 13, 3 and 5. We still must confess Him as the Lord. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. And we still have to believe the gospel and be baptized in order to be saved. Mark 16, 15 and 16. But we also must endure unto the end. Matthew 10. Verse number 42. We want to be saved. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not do the things that I say. Anyone who is here this morning and has not rendered obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you believe with all of your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you're willing to change the way you think and change the way you live, that's repentance. And you're willing to confess that Jesus is the Son of God, you can be immersed in water in order to receive the remission of your sins. Not washed by the water, 1 Peter 3.21, but washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Unto Him who loved us, Washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation 1 verse 5. If you're willing to do that, you'll be saved by the grace of God. Titus 3 verses 5 through 7. Any child of God that's here this morning and not in a faithful relationship with the Lord. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, We'll confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We extend the Lord's invitation. It's not mine, it's not Rick's, it doesn't even belong to the wide old church. It's the Lord's invitation. Come unto me. Come unto me. All ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. If you're willing to come this morning, and let us assist you in whatever spiritual need that you have. We want you to do so right now. Together we stand and sing this song. <clears throat>